broadcasting from the campus of Lynn Benton Community College. We are the Mid-Valley STEM CTE Hub. I'm your host, Casey, and this, this is Closing the Gap. Hey everybody, welcome back to Closing the Gap. Today on the show we have Carlina Guillen. Carlina is a OSU graduate as well as a West Albany High alumni. Her and I will be talking about diversifying your time as a college student and how building community and developing activities and interests that you enjoy can not only help you and benefit you while you're a student in school, but also how it can help you get a job after graduation. Hi, Carlina. Could you uh, tell the audience a little bit about yourself and what you do? Yeah. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Carolina Guillén. I studied bioengineering at Oregon State University, and now I'm currently working at Genentech as a validation engineer. And I have a dog named Bono, and <laughs> it's a little fun fact. <laughs> <laughs> What kind of dog is Bono? He's a German short hair pointer, so GSP for short. Nice. <laughs> um, so what inspired you to start an engineering career? Did you have any engineering role models as a student or um, take any classes that, like particularly piqued your interest in this direction? Yeah, I definitely did. I, I'm an only child, so I definitely had lots of mentors and at some point I became not afraid to reach out for to people like for like advice or like resources because I didn't have any siblings to bother in that aspect. So um, I did, when I first moved to the US, I liked math a lot because that was like the only class that I had to go to that didn't require knowing another language because the, the numbers are the same. So that one became like my comfort class, I guess you could say. Um, so I really enjoyed that class plus the teacher was really cool and like she was very motivating I think teachers definitely play like a big influence on like what you choose as a career path along with your parents like your lived experiences where you volunteer uh, and that's where my mentors come in like I definitely found a lot of my mentors in volunteering events that I attended or summer camps that my mom forcefully signed me up to. But at the end of the day, I really ended up enjoying them. And that's where I found most of the mentors that really helped me to get to where I am now. Uh, I will say that most of my mentors now, uh, my most influential ones, uh, I got from volunteering events that I helped out at. So I definitely recommend getting involved and volunteering in things that you might not even think that you're interested in because you might actually like it. So just don't, don't close yourself to the idea of, of the things that you think that you know that you want before trying things that you don't know what they are, <laughs> if that makes any sense. I noticed when I was perusing your LinkedIn that you also did a lot of volunteering for the Society of Hispanic Professional Engineers. And I was wondering if you could kind of tell us what support um, SHPE offers. Yeah. Um, so... SHEP is a nonprofit organization that I discovered once I was in college my freshman year uh, through one of my friends. Uh, and I guess for me, the biggest part that drew, drew me into it at first was the community. Uh, you know, as a 
<laughs> English, like not being my first language or things like that, I really wanted to be with people that have like my same culture, uh, that spoke Spanish, that like listening to salsa, cumbia, you know, the songs that I like. Uh, so that's like the first thing that drew my attention, that it was a, a organization that was like for Hispanics, um, which I guess it's not just for Hispanics, it's just in the name, everyone's welcome. Um, but that's like the first thing that caught my attention. And then the second one was like, uh, once I went, it like clicked me, like it clicked to me that it was also like for engineers. And I was like, this is even more cool because it's for Hispanics in engineering, which is what I was doing in the university. So I was like, oh my gosh, like this is perfect because I had no idea really like what to expect. Like I said, I don't have any siblings that are older than me or younger. So I didn't really know what I was doing. You know, I was just kind of browsing through. And then it was so nice to have like upper classmates that were in the club, like reach out and be like, hey, I'm your same major. You're going to need this book. And then they would let us borrow books. And like, you know, that just saved you like $200 right there. So like, it's even the little things, you know, then, then it made me realize like, wow, I have like people here that could really tell me like, what electives I would be interested in, you know, like what electives they took in the university that I might be interested in. Like it's good to get feedback from others, what professors they really like, what professors they didn't like. So just advantages here and there from having friends that not only speak my same language, but also are going through the same thing that I'm going through. Um, and then also like it helps you like get involved with the community. So for me, I really, I think I'm really passionate about doing outreach because I feel like that's really what helped me uh, when I moved to the US. I did a lot of outreach, um, like especially in STEM. So like I really, it's something that I really enjoyed. And that's like I said, where I found most of my mentors. So I think I like giving back in that sense um, where, where I, I really enjoy going and putting on like STEM kits for little kids, like, you know, like STEM activities for little kids. And so that's something that Shep also allowed me to do. Like we were able to go to like elementary schools around the community and do like, we call them Noche de Ciencias, which means science nights. And so we would do that. We would also go to professional conferences and that's where a lot of people find internships and jobs, full-time jobs. That's uh, how I found actually my first internship that was out of the state in engineering through one of the Shep newsletters. So I think for me, like it really uh, helped me grow in a lot of different aspects, like as a, as a leader, as a community member, as a person, as a professional. So I think for me, I really have enjoyed being part of that organization. And I still volunteer at their events here and there. So you might see me around if you are involved or decide to get involved, like reach out or everyone's really nice. <laughs> so how do you get involved with this organization? <laughs> yeah, uh, freshman year, I was... So I met one of my friends that goes to OSU through another volunteering event I did years ago uh, through 4-H, a 4-H summer camp. Uh, and so I met him there and he was president at the time of SHEP. And he's like, hey, you should come to our meetings. We have a meeting tonight. And so I, I was like, okay, you know, and I went to the first meeting and I really liked everyone that was there. Like the fact that they because you know what I mean sometimes upperclassmen can be like intimidating but everyone was super nice and they came to me and they're like oh what class are you taking and the fact that this girl was like you know I mean we've all been I mean you've been through college you mentioned you're in college so um books are expensive so the fact that this girl came up to me she's like oh you're gonna need this book next next term I have it at my house like don't buy it you can borrow it from me I was like wow you know like these people are like really trying to help me like uh, succeed in this 
major that like I have really no idea what I'm getting myself into but I really appreciated that you know like having those like connections like a mentor that has had been through something that I hadn't but it's something that I'm going through uh so I those are like the little things that I don't know it feels like more like a community you know I don't know we, we say we're family like we call Shepa familia so it feels more like at home, you know, like your sibling trying to help you. And then I did the same with like younger classmates as they came in. And it's just a very rewarding feeling, I think. So, yeah, I hope that answered your question. I got invited to a meeting and then I sticked around and I couldn't let go. So, For sure. Yeah, totally. It sounds like um, doing this volunteer work and like being able to um, be part of this community, like really helped your experience in, in college. You know, um, community is super important. It's something I think we touch on a lot at the show of like building community can only like really help you um, succeed along the way. And it's like one of these factors that like time and time again, I find that really is like beneficial to the success of people. Yes. And also, I guess one more thing that I like to share about like being part of like out of extracurriculums outside of like your normal classes. So, for example, I feel like Shep for me was like an outlet to the things that I wanted to do and get that support. Like, so, for example, the books, let's say this is just something that I thought about now. But you know how like books can be pretty expensive. We can start like our own program of like book lending. And like those are like those are like the random ideas that I would sometimes get. Like I got some random ones for fundraising. But like, you know, these ideas that you get to try to help others, like that's what like can like the people and like the means like the resources that like Shep has for example but other clubs could also have uh, mm -hmm. can help you like start that like uh, idea that you have like for example a book lending program I can see it happening uh, but it's also like a good way to help the community in things that are important to you and don't necessarily have to be like school related because a lot of people when I was in the university I felt like they wanted to find internships or undergraduate research that was like really geared towards their major. But so as an undergraduate, I also work as an undergraduate research ambassador. So I helped students find uh, research opportunities, like got them into a lab. And so sometimes, oftentimes I would tell them like, hey, you know what, don't stress too much about it. Like if you don't find a, a lab that has openings right now for something that you that your major's about, why don't you explore something else that like you have been always curious about? Because some people have like minors, uh, like for mm -hmm. example, in Spanish or things like that, or education. And I'm like, you know, there's also research in education. Like there's a lot of research going on in the education program. So this is a good way for you to try it out. And you don't even have to pay for classes, like as a minor, you actually get paid for it. So like, I would encourage them to kind of do it that way so that way they get paid for getting that experience and then they like learn if they if it's something that they're actually into or not like give themselves an opportunity and undergraduate research is like a good way to do that yeah for sure it seems like a lot of people have that kind of experience of like they get a uh, degree in something and then they realize like once they're in the field or like so far into their degree that they don't really even enjoy what they're doing so i mean i think that's like a really great suggestion so um can you tell me how you got into or you got interested in doing prosthetics and like kind of bioengineering, like that kind of field? Yeah, so actually, uh, okay, fun, fun fact. <laughs> uh, when I got into my major at OSU, it's bioengineering. And I don't know if you are very familiar with OSU's majors, but we actually have bioengineering is under the College of CBE, Chemical, Biological, and Environmental Engineering. And actually we have a, or bioe degree, which is 
stands for biological engineering in the CV title, but it's actually not because we actually have a biological engineering degree, like it's spelled out completely like biological. And when I got into my major, uh, I thought that bioengineering stood for biomedical engineering because <laughs> I wanted to do like, you know, prosthetics and orth orthotics. Um, and it wasn't until like year two, because the first two years in engineering are pretty much the same. They're like math, science, like physics, <laughs> chemistry. So, you know, first two years, I had no idea really what my major was really about because I hadn't had any like really specific classes. Uh, <laughs> so uh, going through conferences, I would tell people like, oh, I'm a bioengineer. And then people would quickly say like biomedical, especially in the East Coast. Mm -hmm. um, so later on, I got an internship uh, at Ohio State University um, under a mechanical engineering professor who did kind of like that stuff uh, for patients. Actually, I work with the FES system, Frequency Electrical Stimulation System, uh, that's like implanted through surgery uh, in, on your muscles. And like it sends electric signals and it allows people to have like tetraplegia or like pretty much when they don't have movement on their arms or like muscles. For example, the lady that I work with, she didn't have movement on her arms. So she got this system through surgery. And then uh, we, it was like, the purpose of it was to like help her be more independent and like help her eat a sandwich or brush her hair on her own, you know, little things like that that really help people feel more independent. But the problem with it is that like, she really depended on her caregiver. Um, and so if her caregiver was sick and couldn't go and give her her exercises, we didn't know the amount of force that she had like the next day, right? So. It would change a lot. So we wanted to make a system that was simple for someone like from her family to to like give her the the put that on and have it work any day, regardless of like her her level of strength in her muscles that day. So anyway, I think I'm going a little bit off topic, but the thing the, part, the thing is that the professor that I work with was in their mechanical engineering and he was doing that kind of stuff, the work that I liked. And the fact that I noticed that like with my major, I was able to do that stuff. Uh, it's something that really intrigued me. I was like, oh, if I can still do the things that I want to do with my major, then like, uh, why not, right? So, yeah. and I, I realized I really wanted to work with like a patient. Like I really wanted to do something, like do work and have it be impactful, kind of like right there and then. Because uh, I did start undergraduate research since I was a freshman, but it takes a while. Like <laughs> we were far from even testing on like animals. So that was like the only aspect that I didn't quite enjoy about undergraduate research. Well, the, the specific research that I was involved in, um, we were far from even testing on animals. So I was like, oh, we just want to make an impact now. And so that's something that I really enjoyed about that uh, internship in Cleveland, Ohio. It allowed me to see that I could still do the majors I wanted. If I understand correctly, like if the prosthetic that you were working on with that lady would allow her to be able to like independently move the prosthetic like just with like her nerves yeah the thing about that patient is that she was not actually wearing a prosthetic uh so she had uh, something called the trapezia so she lost movement from her neck down and okay. uh it was actually a system it's like pretty much like cables it's not a prosthetic it's the cables that you put uh through surgery that connect to your muscle and so they're like inside your arm so you can't really see a person it's like your real arm like oh, she wow. never lost any limbs she has her intact limbs but she just doesn't have control over her, her arms or anything so that's where the fes system comes in that's um, really interesting yeah and so i realized that you know it's not only prosthetics there's other things that i can still do and uh i just really like that 
patient me interaction, if that makes any sense. And like she yeah, was also older. Yes, and like she was older and she was scared of robots and we had like a robot in the lab that like moved, moved the arm and she was scared <laughs> of it and it was just like the cutest thing you know it's like kind of like not only doing like the technical stuff but also doing like the, oh it's okay like the robot wouldn't like hurt you like see this is the button turn it on this is the one turn it off and so you know just going through it with her it was like I think that's just the stuff that I makes me really passionate like, especially about that internship that's what really made me passionate about it for sure <laughs> Um, how would a student know that this would be like the right kind of career direction for them? Like what are some interests, assets, skills that like a person would have that's like maybe think about going into this? It'd be like, yeah, this is for me. Like what makes a good bioengineer? Uh, I would say definitely give it a chance. Like when I first started the uni- my university path in engineering, I was like the first like semester when we go by quarters the first quarter and I was like I don't know if this is what I want to do this is a little harder than I thought you know like you definitely question yourself and like if this is really what you see yourself doing but mm-hmm. I said like definitely give it a chance and get like yourself involved in something where you see yourself using this for example in my case it was undergraduate research and I didn't even really know about it in high school so I highly recommend if you're in high school and are listening to this like look that up and try to get involved as soon as you can. And there's research in every like field. So there's something for you out there. Plus, like if that's not an incentive already, you can get paid for it. <laughs> Plus gain lots of experience and mentors. And also like those mentors are the ones that then give you like your letters of recommendation for internships or scholarships you wanna to apply to. So there's a lot of benefits on doing undergraduate research. Plus you learn what it is that you like and enjoy doing and what you don't. And that's something important. So I think uh, after that, once I, I joined my the research, uh, I was like, oh, wow, this is cool. Like, I really want to be able to do all of this. Uh, and like, I would see like where the skill sets would come in to do certain things. So that's something that I really helped me stay in the major because at first it was just like math, chemistry, like, you know, just like the heavy like STEM all at once. And you know, it's a lot of changes at once when you first like move out of your parents' house. So, you know, you're independent and then you get all these hard classes, lots of homework, have to learn to do everything on your own. So just definitely give it time. And then you will know, like, if it's something that you find passionate, like the more you learn, like I find that the more that you get interested in it. And I feel like you would just know. I don't know if that makes any sense, but I guess like what makes a good engineer is also like technical writing it's something that people don't think about but at least in my current job it's something that we do a lot uh you'll be surprised because a lot of people I've heard me and you're like oh no like because some people I I would I have heard people correct others in like their spelling and they're like oh this is why I'm this is why I'm an engineer but that's a myth you know like <laughs> you definitely right. have really good uh writing and like technical skills uh for certain engineering jobs uh, for example, like mine, like validation engineering at a pharmaceutical, it's very important to have good technical writing. I'm still working on mine. Like, uh, I think there's always room for learning. Um, and also communication and organization. Like, I, I know those are basics because people, I feel like, always expect me to say, like, oh, you should be able to do differential equations and, like, have all the physics right here. But honestly, sometimes it's the simple stuff that it's the most important because that will allow you to do, like, a good job. So yeah, totally. Being able to communicate is like efficiently super important, I think, 
mm-hmm. any job you could ever do, you know, because how, how do you ask for help if you uh, don't know how to properly communicate it, right? Yeah. So you're from Mexico originally, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Would you like race. to share? <laughs> oh, yeah. Nice. Um, would you like to share your experience moving from Mexico to the U.S.? Yeah. So actually, I I moved uh, to the U.S. when I was like a teenager. <laughs> And I moved from a big city. Uh, I moved from Guadalajara. Uh, so then my first town that I moved into in Oregon was Albany. <laughs> and it's, I don't know if you guys have, if you've been to Albany, but. Um, I'm in Albany right now, actually. Oh, no. Nice. <laughs> yeah. But it's way smaller compared to Guadalajara. So there were like things closing like at 5 p.m. on Sunday. And, you know, I was like, what do you mean this store closes on Sunday? <laughs> <laughs> so the, that was just like the biggest because you know as a teenager you want to go out with friends do things like go to the mall go ice skating I don't know uh so that was like the first big difference for me like seeing the difference between like a big city and like a, living in a, in, a, in a town uh and then the next one was like the holidays uh because I I came in in the summer so I hadn't experienced the school the school yet <laughs> the school life in the U.S. uh so the holidays were also a big one. Like, uh, I, I just feel like there's more family in Mexico and, you know, the culture is a lot different. So when you grow up so used to something, you definitely feel the change, like the first. Uh, I mean, I still feel it and I've lived here in a few <laughs> for a few years now, but I think the culture is also like a big change, like a big shock. And then the school too, like I would notice like the little things, like for example, from in my school in Mexico, uh, I grew up learning two languages, like um, Spanish and English, but in my English classes, they never teach me the slang. <laughs> and so I was like, what's the difference between weird and creepy? And, you know, I didn't really have internet back in the day. I had to go to the library and, you know, <laughs> uh, I was like, wow, I feel like I've learned nothing because everyone speaks so fast. I have a thick accent. I always have to repeat myself. When I first moved here, I had a very thick accent. Uh, <laughs> like uh, sometimes that was motivating for me, I guess. Sometimes I just preferred not to talk because I just knew I was going to have to repeat myself. So sometimes that was another big uh, like limitator I guess for me to try to make new friends just because I felt so self-conscious about it um mainly because I had to repeat myself so I was like oh people are obviously not understanding me um and then I also took things to like I guess I I guess whenever I talk to people like native speakers they would be like "Mm." like you know in that age when you're a teenager and you have like a crush on a boy (laughs) one of my friends had a crush on a on a boy and and like she made it seem to me like she she liked him, you know, but I didn't quite know how to use the word like. And I was like, oh, so cute. So you love him. She's like, mm, I wouldn't go that far, but I like him. And I was like, oh, right. right. So, you know, <laughs> just things like things like that here and there. Uh, and then what else? Oh, and then I guess there's also like the aspect of my parents. Like, I mean, I live with my parents. And since I, I was the one that went to a bilingual school, my parents had a lot of expectations on me. Uh, so I had to translate at the doctors without knowing any of the technical words, you know. Um, that had to be tough. Yeah, I was like, oh my gosh, what did he say? The pill has to be every three, four hours or 40, 48 hours. Uh, so you live some very stressful times because your parents, I, I feel like the role sometimes getting inverted. Uh, sometimes I feel like I was the parent to my to my parents if that makes any sense because you you have like so much responsibility just because you're learning the language way quicker than they are um 
and also help my parents like buy their home while I was like in the in the university. That was stressful having to do my my schoolwork and helping them negotiate for a house, something that I had no experience in. Uh, so I definitely it definitely helped me learn uh, more things quicker than I think I would have if I didn't have if I wouldn't have moved from if I wouldn't have to help my parents the way that I do. I don't think I would have as much experience in so many diverse things, uh, even like translating, because both my parents have degrees from uh, Mexico, but when they mm -hmm. moved here, they're not like valued like the same, they're not like translated. So like my mom had to pretty much take the same classes and get a diploma here. Uh, so it's like a whole, like you learn so many things that you were, that most people are not even aware of. And I'm constantly still learning from my friends that come from different countries. Um, so it's something that I definitely really enjoy doing, talking to people that come from other countries because they have like different laws, different culture. And there's things that, that they go through that I had no idea. And it just, the fact that they have the, the like confidence or like comfort, feel comfortable sharing them with me. I'm like, wow, and like, you know, that just makes me value like all the things that you do like more and like, oh, like I had no idea. And so I feel like it's the same with me. Uh, like, I feel like sometimes when you say you're from a country, people take it so light. They're like, oh, cool. But they don't know, like, all the, I guess, in a way, sacrifices that come behind it and, like, the effort and, and the long days. <laughs> I definitely had the support all the time. And I think it just makes me value a lot of, of things even more. So I hope that makes sense. <laughs> Yeah, totally. You had mentioned that your um, mom had to go back to school and like take classes again for a degree that she already had. That sounds like quite yeah. a sacrifice too, because I think, you know, we both know how much effort it takes to be in school on mm -hmm. top of, you know, having to like support a family and like have your own life and, you know, do all that yeah. stuff. So and um, how expensive it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Um, is, I don't know if, is there like a reason why like that you know that like the U.S. didn't recognize like a degree um, that Charity had like that seems kind of backwards, you know. Yeah, uh, I know there's like certain majors that they do validate like the the license like the what do you call them? The degree. Like they recognize it or yeah, degree. Yeah. yeah like the certain, certain there's uh certain degrees that they that the U.S. does recognize for most countries, and it's mainly you know like doctor engineering you know higher up their uh uh degrees so my mm -hmm. mom like the main issue was like not all the classes were like validated so she had to like go back and like because there's different classes that that they take and that they take here but the curious thing was that there's not like a real there's not like a test you can take to like just make yourself like for them to check that you you have the knowledge and then mm -hmm. just take that and validate the degree. Like there's not a test that exists, at least when she was going through the process, there was nothing like that. So she had just to pretty much take, pretty much do her whole degree again, but in the US. Um, so that was tough because my, my mom uh, was not used to staying up till 11, 50 at night because the homework's due at midnight <laughs> online. She was used to like the pen and paper, you know, and, and you turn it in the next day, the homework, like, and then the yeah there was just a lot of new things since she had last gone to school and I know how hard she worked and it just makes me like admire her more you know but sometimes it also like doesn't make sense to me how there's not like a test or anything but yeah it seems like there could be some processes in place to make that 
transition easier. Yes, I, I definitely agree. And it's something that I've heard from like multiple people, especially in the education world. I hear it unfortunately happens a lot. And that's no small thing to not to not be having dealt with or like have some system that's like working for them. Um, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of time. Mm-hmm. But what have been some of your biggest challenges so far uh, pursuing your career and your degree? <laughs> I think the main one, I mean, the currently main one, well, not currently, but the most recent one, uh, I think was uh, moving out of my parents' house to continue my job. <laughs> uh, in, in our culture, you tend to, for parents, it's normal for you to move out once like you're married and like you, uh, and it's normal to live with them until then. And like you go to work and then come back to their house. But my works are like a couple, like an hour and a half or more if there's traffic from their house. So I kind of tried that for like three months, you know, kind of try it out and also make my parents happy. But then at some point I was like, you know what, like all I am doing is going to work and sleep and getting up to drive sleep work and repeat so I'm not I am not enjoying my free time uh so I moved out and my mom was like no like why are you moving out you know just uh Mm. and I don't know I guess that's maybe like a no I don't know if it is a common one for people (laughs) I don't think so from what I talk to my friends but I guess moving out to like pursue like my career and something that I enjoy was one of them uh, just because it's so weird for her for me to move out uh, if that makes any sense totally I mean, both my parents but mainly my mom is the one that was it was very difficult for her uh, and then I guess uh, before I started college I was a little concerned about how to pay for college uh, but then thankfully like I learned of a lot of because uh, I had learned about FAFSA but uh, I turns out we didn't receive any <laughs> any help from FAFSA. So then I that's when I discovered the scholarships, and uh, I was like, wow, there's actually a lot of scholarships out there. I mean, you do have to put in the time and to to like write the essays, but I think it's worth it. And there's definitely a lot of them out there. Um, so that really helped me. That was definitely like a challenge at first, like after I, because I had, I was kind of leaning towards like, oh, I'll get FAFSA help. And then I realized I didn't get any FAFSA help. And then I was like, oh no. So then that's when I discovered all like the, the scholarships world. And also that the universities, when you apply, you automatically get into a scholarship uh, uh, poll, I guess. And you can get like scholarships from it from your application to the university and that's how I got one of mine uh I didn't even know that was a thing I did it without knowing <laughs> so that was nice um totally I, but yeah, yeah like having to go into um like getting your own scholarships and writing all of those papers and collecting all that paperwork to apply for one that you may or may not get it takes so much more time than just being able to fill out your FAFSA and like get offered some grant money or like get offered a loan yeah um, yeah I, mean, I did get loan offers but I didn't want to take those <laughs> yeah I don't blame you who would want to it's so much money on the back end oh yeah I I feel yeah I had um applied for a bunch of scholarships didn't get any of them but mm-hmm. it's uh, I just can recognize like how much time that it takes to fill those out yeah and some of them come down to like really non-academic things like yeah. I will share one of mine that I got that <laughs> it was a little 
I mean, I was really happy that I got it, but I was a little upset that it came down to what it came down to. I applied to the, okay, first, I applied to the Coca-Cola scholarship in before I graduated high school, and I was a semi-finalist, and then I didn't get it. <laughs> and then I applied to the Dr. Pepper scholarship, and I was a semi-finalist, and then I actually won the scholarship, but like what it came down to was throwing footballs through like a hole, and I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> oh so my gosh. <laughs> But I mean, I guess this is hopefully to motivate others out there that if you have a skill, you can probably find a scholarship for it. Like there's scholarships for being left-handed. Like, you know, there's scholarships for a lot of things out there. And I would, what I would often do is like just go into Google and say scholarships that I can apply to now. And then a bunch of them would come up and that's what I would do. My winter break, that's what I did. (laughs) (laughs) Right on. So what, uh, what accomplishments are you most proud of so far? Wow, graduating, <laughs> uh, getting my degree. Um, I don't, I guess my degree became a lot more like emotional than I thought it would be. I mean, you know, because for me, at least in my family, college was like an expectative. Um, I didn't know how I was going to go through it or what I was going to end up doing, but I just always knew that I was going to go and get a degree. But then we moved countries. And I was, I was just like looking back at some pictures not that long ago and I was like, wow, I can't believe like I learned English this well. Like now my parents know English, like they don't know it a hundred percent, but like they know way more than what they knew before. My mom has to work like different like jobs because her degree wasn't valued the same. I, and I'm like, I, it makes me like see more or like feel see and feel my parents like sacrifices that they have done and it just like hits me more like uh it makes it more special just because I know like oh I mean I didn't do this by myself like I definitely had a lot of support uh, my parents don't really well my mom especially she doesn't really know what I do at work <laughs> my, my dad has more of an idea but you know I always come home I would come home and there was food at the table and like you know you know it's like a I always had like a good support system, even though I didn't have that help for like the actual, like how to get through college, like that I had to find on my own, but I definitely had like a really good support system in my home. And I think that like made my degree like more like feel more of an accomplishment than I thought it would be. Cause you know, like I said, I, it was an expectation for, for me, but I, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it ended up being more emotional than I thought it would be. Cause it just, it just made me, look back into all the things that I have done and my family has done to get to where we are now. Uh, so it makes it special for me in that sense. And also like, the, like it makes me good to, like it gives me a good feeling. Cause like I said, I also like being a mentor. Like I had, I had mentors and I really admire them and I look up to them and I want to be like them. And I've been a mentor to other people and I hope that they also feel that way. And then they can pass on like the ripple effect. And that also makes me feel like, really proud and happy because I feel like I always had that support like I had some type of help along the way always and I just want to be that help for other people too so that's one of them and another one is it's going to sound crazy and this is kind of random but I've always wanted to have a dog (laughs) like you have no idea like for Christmas it was a dog and a sibling I would ask for for Santa and I never got either of them (laughs) so (laughs) So I finally, when I moved out, I was able to afford a dog and I bought a GSP, <laughs> which are very high energy dogs, so I don't know. So he keeps me in shape. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> and so that's another big accomplishment because it's something I've always wanted, but my parents don't like having dogs at home. So I had to just, you know, get a degree, afford my own apartment and the dog's food and my own food. And But finally, years, over 20 years later, here we are. <laughs> so that's another big accomplishment. Um, I think that's a great uh, list of accomplishments. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I like that your dog is one of your proudest accomplishments. Like, that's so wonderful. It's true. <laughs> I know it's a silly one, but it's definitely <laughs> one of the biggest accomplishments. <laughs> uh, so do you have any advice for students that may uh, be kind of on a similar path to you or identify with your experience? Like, do you have any words of wisdom to pass along for the next generation? <laughs> I will try. <laughs> um, <laughs> definitely don't be afraid to reach out to people. Don't be afraid to reach out for help. Um, definitely like if there's certain jobs that you're interested in, uh, definitely do like job shadowing or informational interviews. It's a lot less scary than people think. Uh, and then like, I I really wanna highlight how, how important I think undergraduate research is just because it really allows you to like get to know yourself uh, like things that you like, things that you're passionate about, things that you're not. And also to create like that good bond with like your like other types of like mates, like lab mates and like a mentor, like the professor, whoever that you work for, they can be like great resources for you to really get out of your comfort zone or like, I feel like it just opens so many opportunities. Like for example, when I did undergrad research, you can go present your research to a national conference. So you can travel if that's something that motivates you. You can learn how to make a poster. You can learn how to do research. You can have a, a professor that can vouch for you for scholarships or, or if you want to jump and switch into a different in, like uh, research. Like for example, for my professor, after I came back from the Ohio internship that I told him, oh, I really like working with patients. He actually like got a grant for me to work on a, on a wheelchair with uh, one of my classmates who had um, cerebral palsy. So like we were trying to build an umbrella for a wheelchair because uh, otherwise she would be left out in the rain because when the equipment gets wet, like the chair just <laughs> So uh, that's another grant that he was able to get me, but that's because I shared like the things that I really like, how much I like that internship. And so he was like, hey, this is perfect for you. So, you know, like definitely don't feel afraid to share like what you want to do. Because if you don't tell people, how are they going to guess like what you want to do? So definitely share it with like, I mean, don't like share it to the world. Well, maybe if you want to, why not? But I mean, share with key people. <laughs> like, uh, like for example, your professors who have like the means to write for like grants, give you grants, give you special opportunities. Uh, so definitely, that's one of them, undergraduate research, because there's so many benefits to it. Um, have friends, like do things out of like, like your, your major, like don't just do school. Uh, companies now, like they look for things that you do outside of school. Like what do you do for your community? What do you do for yourself? What do you do for a hobby? Like what are things that you're good at besides school? You know, like people don't want just like a person that knows it all. Like you also want to have some type of personality as well and like uh, be diverse because you're going to work with a lot of diverse people in the work field uh, so also that get to know people like definitely like especially if they're from other cultures like and if you get to a point where you're like more comfortable asking them like I say go for it uh, like for example I have friends who wear hijabs and I ask them what's the meaning behind it you know it's nice to hear from them people that you know and people that will truly tell you what that means to them and it's a lot more special than just reading about it um you know just 
have fun too because I feel like college days go by so fast uh, <laughs> apply for scholarships apply for internships even if you don't meet like all the prerequisites like trust me like that's not always like what they look for like for you to meet all of them so don't be afraid to do that and just put yourself out there and try new things so what kinds of things do you think can be done to spread the word better about STEM careers to young women and gender minorities so that they feel inspired to pursue them? Yeah, uh, I guess one of the ways is to reach out to different communities. So, for example, like have groups be part of like or do like STEM activities, like composed of like all female presenters or things like that to like, for example, the summer camp that I volunteered at the 4-H summer camp. Um go to like uh the schools like local schools and do like a little presentation or send out like newsletters or like like ask to be part of the newsletters that get sent out to the school district uh you know there's all kinds of ways my one of my managers was telling me that their kids have like really cool like newsletters <laughs> so sometimes when we do events we ask if we can be put in their newsletters so the community is aware uh of all these opportunities so i guess just trying to find all kinds of like even like on a, maybe this is going to sound a little bit extra, but <laughs> on a church announcement, you know, like at the end, uh, I don't know if, you, if people go to church, but like, you know, just in the most random places and like just have diverse people kind of advertise it because they'll go different places, right? So like the more you share the most for you, the word, the more people from all different backgrounds will be aware. Uh, and I guess just maybe also social media is a really good way. Everyone nowadays has social media, so. Cool. Thank you for the suggestions. Um, yeah, I, I like the idea of just saturating um, like all of the different avenues of communications with the word and something cool about STEM. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I really appreciate you coming on the show today and thank you for taking the time. No, thank you for having me. I really enjoyed our conversation. Hope this can help others out there and you got this. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for this episode of Closing the Gap. If you like this show, subscribe on Spotify. You can also find us on Instagram at MVSTEMCTE, on Twitter at MidValleySTEM, and online at MidValleySTEM.org. Until next time, keep progressing.